take a deep breath after that set of games. My goodness. Well, no. welcome back, uh, all you Any Given Thursday listeners. Uh, Max here, along with David. As always, we just got done watching the second leg of the Europa and Conference League playoff ties. And there was a lot of drama. We're getting recording this a little later than we'd like to, just because there was so much to catch up on. Yeah. Um, and we're going to take you all through it. Yeah, so many games going to extra time. We had nine different ties that had to go to extra time to be settled, and six of them had to go all the way to penalties. Just Penalties? Penalties. It's crazy. Six? Oh. Uh, so, yeah, let's just get let's just get underway here. we got a lot to cover. Um, first things first, uh, the noon slot today in the Europa League. AEK took care of business at home against Dnipro 1. Um, winning 3-0 on the day and 5-1 on aggregate. Uh, you know, you'd think they're just the better side at this point. Denny Pro did have a much better game than they did in Poland last week. Um, they created some chances, but um, AK were comfortable throughout. Um, and it never really looked in danger. Um, so kudos to AEK. Uh, we'll see Denny Pro in the Conference League. Um a much more exciting and dramatic one. Um, Zalgiris losing at home to Ludogorets in extra time. That's 3-3 on the day, 4-3 Ludogorets on aggregate. And wow, what an end to this one. Um, and what a start, too. Yeah. Zalgiris hit uh, immediately inside the first minute. There was some sloppiness on the back and a long ball. Um Ludogorets equalize on the day seven minutes later, and then eight minutes later Zagaris go up again. Um, they sort of traded goals in the 57th and 63rd minute as well. Snip, snap, snip, snip, snap. snap How snip, many snap. of these can I take? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's set up extra time. Uh, and while you know the regulation was like super fluid, they were bombing up and down. There were a lot of chances, exciting football, combined for 19 shots on target um, on pretty even uh, balance of play, I'd say. Um, and then we went to extra time. Unfortunately, you know, just from tired legs, the energy dropped off a little bit. Uh, and the pen seemed inevitable. And honestly, probably the fair conclusion to what was a pretty even tie, it felt like. But then the refs give Ludogratz a penalty, um, which Verdun buries in the 120th minute. Um, I don't know how controversial it was. We just got to see it again. And it maybe seems a little soft. There might be some contact. It's a little hard to tell, but either way, what a rough way to go out. Um, we saw this actually a couple of times today, which we'll get into later. Yeah, this one was from the angles we were able to see of the penalty. I thought it looked extremely soft. It looked soft, yeah. And very controversial decision. Obviously, you know, we're not getting all the angles since we're watching in the u.s we're not getting a ton of local feeds coming through from lithuania and bulgaria but maybe they have better angles they could have stomped on top of his foot but didn't look like it from what we saw and zagris will be very upset with that call yeah and even more heartbreaking for them um basically right off the kickoff um the ball somehow lands on i don't remember the name of the player but it lands on a player's head like seven yards out, directly in front of goal, only semi-contested, heads it straight over, um, and they go out. Um, well, less heartbreaking again than the fact that they'll be in, they'll still be in European competitions in the champ- in the Conference League group stages. But for now, it'll be a tough one for them to take, having played so well. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, they played well. Um, kudos to them. 
Um, now moving to our 12.30 window, uh, we had Silkeborg taking on HJK. Uh, HJK seeing this one through in Denmark. Uh, 2-1 on, ag- on aggregate, 1-1 one, one on the day. Uh, the Finn side uh, got their goal in the first half and just, you know, sort of comfortable with that for much of the game. Silkeborg had a lot of the ball, a lot of touches in and around the box, but really couldn't find that quality uh, in the final third until they found a 75th-minute goal by Joel Felix. Um, and then they pushed hard for a second. Uh, but similarly, it just, you know, they came close, but they didn't really have the final the quality. To get over the line. Um, yeah, they left it pretty late as they well. Did, they yeah. didn't really seem to create too much in the first half when I was watching, and you have to put something forward when you're down like that. You Waiting too long, as we'll see later, sometimes it backfires and... This was definitely one of those cases where they just waited too long to really get into the game. Indeed. Um, then uh, our 1 o'clock window, uh, game starting at 1, Sheriff beat Punic uh, 3-2 on penalties after zero goals were scored again, which, if you know my bad mathematician skills are correct, equals 210 plus added time minutes of football where neither team scored in this tie. Yeah, I'm double-checking your math, and I think zero plus zero plus zero plus zero equals zero. Equals zero, right? Uh, yeah, pretty fucking bad. Um, to be fair, Sheriff had a lot more chances than Punic did in this game mm-hmm. and probably deserved the result, but... Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, uh, moving on to Fenerbahce and Austria-Vienne. Um, another... Oh, I should say the score, probably. Yep. Uh, Fenerbahce win 4-1 on the day in Turkey, 6-1 on aggregate. Austria got dominated again. Yeah, just, I mean, we'll talk in depth a little bit more about Austria Vienne later on when we do a club spotlight on them, but this was... Ooh, spoilers. Yeah, I'm just, you know, previewing, get people spoilers. excited. Spoilers. Uh, but this was not a good day for the uh, Austrians and... In general, Fenerbahce yeah. showed their strength, I think, in what they could do in this tournament with a really dominating tie. Yeah, Austria only managed .2 XG today. Um, uh, Ammonia... Beating Ghent again 2-0, the second straight week for a 4-0 aggregate score. Um, Ghent really had no hope of a comeback today after Cyprus scored in the eight or the Cyprus team scored in the 18th minute, and then again in the 36th. Um, like damn, yeah, Ghent yeah. will be unhappy about the way this turned out. You'd think. Um, yeah, it sets me a little worried about Ghent's ability to perform even in the Conference League. You know, losing decisively twice to a team that you would expect to be at a similar level at best yeah to the guy that almost broke apart celtic you know yeah uh yeah not not great for them but kudos to ammonia uh feels like a pretty big deal for them to get into the europa league groups uh i don't know if it is because you know they're one of the big teams in cyprus but for them and aek to get into the groups at the same time i wonder if that's happened before Uh, i'm sure there's i mean they've had Applewell has been in the That's true. Champions League as well. I'm sure that just happened Just getting to the, the groups of the Yopo is usually pretty tough, you know? Yeah, I think it's a chance for yeah. uh, Cyprus to really put up some coefficient points and mm-hmm. slide up those rankings. Yeah, other way, it's a great achievement for them. Yeah. Um, more Cyprus to come. Uh, yeah, Sivaspor um, rolling over to Malmo today in Turkey, uh, losing 2-0 at home, 5-1 on aggregate. Nothing really to say here. Um, Sivaspor never really challenged in this tie. Yeah, 5-1 overall. It's pretty embarrassing for 
a team from Turkey to happen yeah. to anybody. You know, but they finished the last year. Yeah. They're not like, a, they're not like a you know. Yeah, they're not they're a not regular. A they're not a top Turkish team, but yeah. you still just want to put in a good showing. Yeah, disappointing not to even score at home. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now the European League games started at three today. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearts and Zurich. Woo. Yeah. Uh, an interesting one. Uh, tough one for Hearts today. Um, they looked absolutely dominant in the first half, didn't they? Yeah. Um, really controlled the game. That's created a ton of chances. They were constantly on the attack. We talked about this being one where Hearts had to kind of come out quickly and come out strong and go all in to get that second equalizing goal, but they just weren't able to find it. Uh, they kept going down the right because Guerrero, the Zurich left back, was... He's a really, really good attacker. He's very fast. He can get into positions and score from score and create on the offensive side. But defensively, he's not. It's not his strengths. And Hearts went after him. Alan Forrest had a he was having great a day game. On him, yeah. yeah, he was everywhere on the on the right flank. Really creative, but they just couldn't find that final ball that connected to Liam Boyce or Shanklin. And you know, it's funny you say that because they did find one final ball in the forty third minute that collected that 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 met Liam Boyce's noggin. Yeah. And uh, I want to say it was six, eight yards out and, you know, slightly to the left of the goal. But uh, if he gets it on target, he's probably scoring. He does the right thing, which is to head it into the ground there. Mm-hmm. But he gets he doesn't get the right contact in it. It goes goes straight into the ground and over the top of the yeah. bar. And that was their best chance of the game. And you probably would have backed him to score there. I was a little surprised that the final XG for Hertz was still under one considering the first half they had. Yeah, I think a lot of the credit needs to go to the center backs from uh, Zurich, who did a great job of tracking Boyle coming in a little bit later, but also Shanklin as well. Uh, they just never were isolated in a way where you'd expect them to score yeah. from those positions. And the tackles was... were flying, and their positioning was really yeah. good. And they needed it because Zurich could not hold the ball in their own half. No. They... They gave away in good areas constantly. Um, and Hearts had a good, a pretty solid press going. Um, couldn't get a hold of the ball, though. But then, you know, uh, Hearts, you could say, got unlucky or kind of bailed Zurich out um, with a red card in the second half, early in the second half. What was that? It was the 54th minute. 54th minute. Uh, Jorge Grant. Or is it George Grant? Georgie Grant. Jorge Grant. Let's call him Grant. Because Grant is, it's weird, because Jorge, you see that name, and you're like, oh, that's a Hispanic name. Then the second yeah. half of the name. He said, that's a Scottish name. That's a Scottish name. <laughs> or an English name. Uh, weird. Either way, um, we, I don't know if we slightly disagree on whether this was a second yellow. He he gets sent off for, uh, for a simulation in the box, um, in the opposing box. And, which, on a second, on a, already on a yellow. Picks up the second for simulation, I should say. But, and it looked like there was a, like it wasn't a penalty by any means, but it didn't look like he went over from absolutely no contact to me. It looked to, like, to get a yellow for diving in that scenario, particular, felt harsh to me. I didn't think it was quite, I didn't think it, like, by, by the letter of the law, I know if you dive, you're supposed to, but it didn't look like a dive to me. Yeah, I Maybe I a definitely... slight embellishment, but to, but I thought there was some contact. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I definitely disagree with what I thought was the level of contact on that play. I didn't think there was anywhere near enough contact to send him down to the ground. I mean, maybe grazes like 
a little bit of the defender's thigh might graze his toe a little bit but definitely not enough in my opinion to send Grant to the ground and I agree with you it is harsh like it's tough to see somebody go down in the box in that scenario and then immediately turn around and say oh wait hearts are down to 10 when you watch it live I thought for sure he got more of him but I think giving a yellow there is a totally reasonable thing for the referee to do and it's what we should be doing for diving in the box. It's just, it's harsh to see it as a second yellow, but I think you yeah. have to have the same standard. I just wasn't sold regardless. on it being like a full on dive to me. It looked like, didn't look like he, you know, did one of the, ooh, like flail his body, like yeah, over didn't go, nothing. It didn't, didn't go full Neymar. Didn't go full Neymar. It. He didn't go full Suarez. It didn't look like, like that to me. But anyway, that it happened and, you know, basically all of Hart's chances went with it. They weren't able to muster much after that. And Zurich eventually finished it off in the 80th minute. Um, But a tough one for a team that looked really strong in the first half and I think had a real chance to turn that tie around before the red. Um, Again, they'll still be playing European football, but a tough way to end their Europa League hopes. Um, Moving on to Olympiacos. Barely squeaking past Apollon today. Um... 1-1 one, one on the day, 2-2 two, two on aggregate, 5-3 on penalties. And, uh, you know, after Apollon drew 1-1 one, one, um, to Olympiagos in Cyprus last week, we surmised that this might be close, but also, I think, sort of figured Olympiagos would get through at home. Um, but, like, their, like, the third round qualifying, where they drew the first leg at home to Bratislava 1-1, one, one, uh, they were unable to muster much in front of goal, they had some chances, um, but it's a little underwhelming for the the Greek champions, who are a team that you often would see in the Champions League, or you know, minimum, easily getting into the Europa League groups. Yeah, even being in this scenario mm-hmm. feels disappointing for a team like Olympiacos. So to have struggled to get here in the first place, yeah. two straight and then penalty to struggle shootouts in this time. Yeah. yeah, two straight penalty shootouts. Um, uh, we here at any given Thursday were frustrated by this. Uh, not related to the game because we had struggled to find so hard streams. to watch. Uh, <laughs> um, so we actually missed both the goals because of that. Um, uh, bookending r- regular time. Olympiacos scored in the second minute. Looked like oh this is probably going to be comfortable, but Apollon grew into the game and eventually started having the better chances at the end of the second half. Were rewarded with a dramatic equalizer in the 89th. Um, and took them all the way to pens. Unfortunately for Apollon, they only hit one of their four pens and went crashing out to the Conference League. Ironically, they're the one Cyprus team of the three in this round to go out, despite you know giving two really strong performances against the Greek champions and being the champions of their own league as well. Um, so Sounds a bit ironic. unfortunate for them just getting the matchup. Um, but you know, look out for Olympiakos maybe showing some. Showing some uh, signs of wear and tear in the in the group stage, maybe depending yeah. on who they draw. I do think when you look at some of the players they've brought in this summer, Huang, Conor De La Fuente, for example, they are targeting guys that are a little on the younger side than maybe they historically have. So De La Fuente is still in his early twenties. You Huang's mean who aren't Luis Valbuena? Yeah, <laughs> Huang's around like twenty five ish. Um, so I think they're he is twenty five. Nailed it. Nailed it. So they're targeting guys that are have a little bit of time to grow into the team and maybe that's causing a bit of issues in the qualifiers. Maybe just because they've maybe... done some later business too in yeah. the window. But yeah, very unimpressive from them. 
Um, just trying to come up with an excuse for yeah. them to make up for this behavior, but uh, who doesn't need an excuse today is Shamrock. Oh God, you and your transitions, man. <laughs> they me. managed to pull out a one nothing victory against Ferenc Baros back in Dublin, so they and go through, right? Uh, no, they still go out four to one. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, the first leg did not set them up well for this, uh, but. I think it's a good sign that they managed to pull off a victory for their campaign in the conference league. Maybe they can do something to grab a win or two. And I think depending on their group, they could be they could show some signs of competitiveness. You know, they've shown Definitely they could agree. play slightly bigger teams who aren't Ferenc Baros in this case. But you know, they can they can play a little defense. Definitely agree. I don't think Ferenc Baros the big target man to steal a goal Oof. here and there. Yeah, Ferenc Baros didn't come out looking like they were going to take it super seriously and try to thrash Shamrock again, but still, good to see the Irish team getting a victory, and that was how we closed out our day in the in the Europa League. It was, and that, you know what? That's it for the qualifying rounds of the Europa League. Yeah, so the Europa League teams are officially set. Yeah, the groups will be drawn on Friday, tomorrow. Today. Will they? Today, yeah. Wait, wait, let me check my calendar. Pause. Cut this out, Max. And just as a little preview of the draw, the top seed will be top like pot one teams you have teams like roma united arsenal and olympiacos did find themselves in pot one so they should get a pretty winnable group if you're looking at the pots you have union berlin and freiburg in pot three along with betis Oof. and fenerbahce there's some Photo really glint. yeah there's some really strong sheriff tiraspol yeah. who beat madrid last year damn are all teams in pot three and all those teams can cause problems we've seen Ammonia beat teams like Ghent who, and Nantes are down in pot four as well. So there's not going to be Zurich an easy U- group. Union saint Gilois is good too. Yeah. And Trabzonspor are the, are the Turkish champions. There's not going to be an easy group. There are no the bad Europa teams. Leagues. I'm super Karabag is pot two, huh? I think they had a run in okay. the Europa League a few years ago. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of good teams in the Europa League. It's going to be a very competitive tournament this year. And that's before the Champions League third place teams is drop dropping. down. Yeah. yeah. So just wanted to just prep you highlight some of that before the draw comes yeah. out just to give and you I, some ideas. Just so you know, next Friday we will be releasing a reaction to the group stage um, where, of course, there is no uh, there's a week off from the European football next week. Uh, thank God. And yeah. <laughs> we need the break. We need the break. But we will still be bringing you um, some, you know, initial takes uh, and thoughts about the draw uh, what we, and then we'll do the week after before the before match week one starts in the groups we'll do a, you know another regular Wednesday release. Mm. Um, but anyway, let us move on to the conference league. Jumping back in time to the noon window, Applewell noon on Tuesday. The noon on Tuesday. I'm sorry, fuck me in the ass. Uh, which well, we teased. That seems like on... an overreaction, maybe. <laughs> Which we teased on the other day and then never followed up on. It's a it's a classic so just, dating strategy. I just left the dead air. Always leave them wanting a little bit more, and yeah. that's what we were doing on our preview. But what the fuck happened? Did Applewell give this a go? Applewell definitely gave it a go. They scored two goals pretty early on, and Jurgarden had to start sweating. But they played themselves back into a fairly comfortable result, five uh, three overall. Talked a lot about Jurgarden's center back pairing last week and how confident I felt in them and they didn't have a great performance. Hein in particular was really bad. Maybe distracted by some of the transfer rumors around him, linking him to teams in Syria, most notably. 
Uh, but Jurgarden were also really, really effective when they had the ball across this tie. They didn't have that many chances, like clear chances, and they converted almost all of them. I also just want to point out some negative things that have happened around this tie, which had a few little black clouds over it. Um, by little black clouds, I am vastly underselling some things that have happened. First, part of the reason Applewell were so much better in the second leg was their midfielder, Starfa, was able to play in the second leg. But the reason he wasn't able to play in the first leg is because he's a pedophile <laughs> and shouldn't be allowed to play at all. But he's not allowed to go to Sweden because he's a convicted pedophile. <laughs> but in but pedophilia is not a crime in Cyprus. I think it is still a crime in no, Cyprus. They just don't care if you're good at sports. <laughs> so he uh... is on Applewell and just he's a bad person. They sh- it's honestly kind of disgusting that Applewell employ him. Uh, he used to play in Sweden. That's where he was when he was a convicted pedophile. <laughs> So just keep that in mind. Uh, that it's maybe not a bad thing that Applewell got tossed from the tournament since they are protecting a pedophile. They also had some fan troubles late in the game. Applewell's capo, the head of the Ultras, was one of the heads of the Ultras, was seen doing a Nazi salute, what? which is obviously a disgusting act. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So there were... Oh, my God. What is going on over there? I, a, a lot's going on at Apple. You were we singing be... all the praises of these Cypriot teams, and Apple just comes crashing in here. Yeah, they're to be fair, they're not narrative. they're not well liked in Cyprus <laughs> outside of uh, their supporters. So good lord, this shouldn't stand for all of Cyprus, and it shouldn't stand for all Apple supporters. I'm sure there are many of them who are anti anti pedophile and anti Nazi, which <laughs> should honestly have to go without saying. But here we are. Jesus, oh man, good riddance then. Yeah, uh, so they get tossed from the tournament. Let's go out of Europe for Applewell. Fucking A. Alright, so we're going to move on now. Um, uh, but stay in and around Sweden. Uh, AIK bowed out to Slovakia officially today after getting their ass kicked last week. Uh, they lose 1-0 on the day. 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, you know, they offered a little more, it seems like, than last week, but never made this interesting. Yeah, really disappointing. Pretty bad for them. Looking forward to seeing Slovakia in the group stages uh, because I bet on them and made a club spotlight. That is coming out very soon. Whoa, Uh, that's so exciting. By very soon, I mean like two and a half weeks. But it is coming out (laughs) soon-ish. It's a good thing they'll still be in the tournament. Speaking of club spotlight, a little self-plug here that we got David's uh, spotlight on Hearts is coming out on Monday, so look out for that. Ooh, right after they get beat. After they get beat. Uh, So now Basel had a little comeback here at home. They knocked out CSK Sofia 2-0, 2-1 on aggregate. Um, Basel, like we've talked about before, really struggling to create, to find the net. But they did just manage to do that here. They equalized in the 66th, won it in the 84th. Congrats to them. Um, but, you know, not impressed. Uh, Cluj, defeating Maribor. Um, there were almost uh, another nil-nil through two legs. Um, uh, culprit here, but Cluj does score. Cluj does score in the 90th minute. To uh, to down the Slovenians, um, a goal by midfielder Lovro Cvek, 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 Cvek. 
I'm. I think we did a great job. Yeah. So anyway, Cluj wins. Yeah. Uh, twenty and Fiorentina. What the fuck happened here? Yeah, Fiorentina were under a lot of pressure throughout the whole game today. Uh, Terciano came up really impressively. He had a couple great saves, including right at the last minute, one of the last kicks of the game. He manages to parry the ball behind goal to save what looked like a sure twenty goal. And Fiorentina hold on one goal advantage that they had in the last leg. Advance 2-1 on aggregate, 0-0 on the day. I do want to call out that uh, Unerstahl, Twente's goalie, also had a really good day. I mean, Fiorentina didn't have a ton of chances, but the ones they did were pretty good, and he managed to keep them out of goal. Uh, overall, not the most entertaining game. There were parts it was particularly... was a little disappointing, I thought, actually. Yeah. I thought there it were... might pop off a little bit. There were parts, particularly the second half of the first half, so, like, minutes 30 to 45-ish, where it was really back and forth. That's where Fiorentina had some of their best chances. But Twenta, obviously, were still creating some throughout that period and were making a very entertaining game then. But second half seemed a little, almost a little tired, which is weird given that they were off over the weekend because the Air Divise wanted to help them in their qualifying chances. But... Fiorentina managed to get into the group stages. Just by the skin of their teeth. teeth. Yeah, Yeah, not super impressive today. On top of, like, being bad in the first half, um, which you can maybe forgive more so than what they did in the second half, which was blow chance after chance. When Twente's pushing up, like, the last 15 minutes, and they, you know, Twente has to get a goal, they leave themselves exposed. Fiorentina, like, hilariously blew chances that were so simple. Like, like, a half dozen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the mo- the most glaring one I felt was the was uh, I don't remember who it was, but played a Kone basically threw on goal uh, with the defender trailing him. Uh, he basically if he takes it first time, should be a simple finish. He takes a really heavy first touch and then sends it right at the keeper, who makes a do good you, save. But do you good think lure. part of the issue might be that Kone is trash. I know you got a Kone beef. I don't think he's good enough to play Fiorentina. Yeah, you got a Kone beef. It was a really bad. Really bad setter. They had another one late too, and when that when Twente almost scored late, uh, it felt like um, felt like it almost would have been like poetic justice for Fiorentina refusing to put the tie to bed. It was very seventh place Italian of them, and uh, didn't make me feel like I feel like Fiorentina still has like some fuck ups in Europe in their in their you know pocket. Um, they definitely do. <laughs> uh, they also had. Igor or Igor, I don't remember how to pronounce it. Igor. Igor sent off in the 93rd, too, for a second yellow. So they would have been absolutely kicking themselves if they'd let Twente take them to extra time. Um, but they held on. Yay? Yay. Uh, you know who didn't hold on? Faravar against Colm. My parents' relationship? <laughs> that also didn't <laughs> hold on. Although there's plenty of reasons for that. Maybe this isn't the place to get into. Sure. Uh, suit yourself yeah Cone took care of business today they played so much better no red cards in the first half that was helpful progress uh, they responded really well um, uh, they had the majority of the chances and they definitely deserved to go through uh, Faravar offered pretty little uh, and they really struggled from set pieces today uh, Cone's first two goals were from corners um, and you know, they didn't have their first, like, really good chance until the 61st, which was a low shot that was really well saved by Cologne keeper Marvin Schwabe. But, uh, yeah, I'd say Cologne did well to respond and deserved the d- deserved the free points. Draw with the free points. 
bad accent. That's, okay. that's my cane. So let's move on. Let's move on. This is another game that went to penalties. Hapo Beersheva and University Tatai. I probably butchered that. Yeah, Cryova. Yeah, Cryova, easier to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they played 1-1 on the day to make it 2-2 on aggregate, and Beersheva go through 4-3 on penalties. Yeah, this is high drama as well. It didn't look like it was going to be high drama for a while because it was nil-nil for for in, through regular time. Uh, Beersheva did have quite a number of chances um, in the 90, and Cryova had their fair share too, but nonetheless, we go into extra time, nil-nil. Uh, and the Romanians shocked the crowd by uh, breaking the deadlock in the 105th with a pretty remarkable free kick by substitute Ante Rigolic, uh, who uh, he's kind of far on the right side of the flank. Um, he whips in uh, with his left foot where everyone thinks he's going for a cross. He whips in, catches the keeper out uh, at the near post. Really, really nice little finish. Um, but like literally a mil- minute later... Uh, Beersheva equalized through another set piece, uh, where another substitute, uh, Timur Hedmed, uh, got his head on the end of a nice delivery, um, and that was all before the end of the first half of extra time. We did eventually go to pens, um, from there, the Israeli side took really confident pens, um, and advanced probably deservedly, but, uh, Krova also, you feel, did enough that you would have said well done if they had gotten through, and not that they stole it. Yeah, um, it's tough for the Romanians to be going out like this, but I definitely agree with you that Hopewell had a slightly better showing over the two legs and a deserved team to go to the group stages. Yeah. Uh, Slavia Prague uh, also turned a result around, uh, beating Rakow 2-0 on the day, 3-2 on pens. Um, this is another one that, we, that seemed for sure like it was going to pens. Um, but then... 122nd minute winner for Slavia uh, uh, through sub Ivan Schranz. Um, good response for them today, but I felt sort of cheated of penalties in this one. I wanted penalties. I also wanted penalties. It would have been another tense affair there. and But, you know, Slavia go through. Pretty good team that should. Yeah, a better team. Yeah. Uh, although they, they left it late. <laughs> Literally last second. Literally but. the last second. Uh, Viborg. Uh, Lost <laughs> to yeah. West Ham. I don't know. We kind of expected yeah. this. Uh, Three 0 on the day, six one on aggregate. I don't six. feel like Vibor is that bad actually. I feel like again, like they looked like they're capable of playing some decent stuff. You know, just doesn't show up. It doesn't show. It's tough competition to be playing a team like West Ham and Vibor are definitely not at the level of these top teams, and it showed. They just, West Ham did well to get the scoreline I think that they got 6-1 on aggregate doesn't really do the tie justice I thought it was more competitive than that scoreline would indicate maybe more like a 4-2 yeah yeah West Ham very definitely were the better team definitely deserved to go through but a little surprised that they did so as controlling in a scoreline fashion as they did uh West Ham will be excited that Skamaka scored he's off to a good start it's two in, in the two weeks in the in the Europa League in the and, Conference League, yeah. Or yeah, sorry, the Conference League, and good to see, good to see him doing Hopefully well. Hopefully for them, they can turn their league form around now. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, they're a bottom of the Premier League after three weeks. Uh, Viking uh, nearly 
nearly had Stowe Bucharest today after winning 2-1 on the road last week. But no, they go out 4-3 in aggregate after Stowe wins 3-1. Yet another absolutely brutal ending here. Uh, Bucharest showed up for this one, to be fair. They got a second-minute goal, and they had a lot of chances in the first, like, 60-70 minutes. Um, they... Viking pulled one back with a penalty in the first half, but then uh, Stow went up for good on the day um, in the second half again. Um, and, you know, they almost put it away. In the 90, Stow had a chance where uh, the goalkeeper, he someone was sent through on goal, the goalkeeper of Viking comes, like, flying out, and he just, just gets there ahead of him. Otherwise, it could have been a red in the end of their day. Um, but then, the last 20 minutes, Viking kind of turned it uh, you know, they had a decent amount of possession throughout, but they piled on a lot of chances late um, as they pushed for a winner, but we went to extra time. Um, and then we have another controversial stoppage time penalty. More controversy? More oh controversy. This is sort of a... I feel like this penalty situation was almost a mirror image of what we just talked about previous um, with the soft pen... To decide the game in the in the Zrinsky game in the Zrinsky loss to Ludogorets, I also think it shares a lot of similarities to the simulation red from the Hearts game. I think there was maybe a similar amount of contact. Yeah, in both this of one those. was tough because it looks like the defender slips, and thus sort of comes at the attacker who had just let a cross go in the box. Like, kind of with the studs up, but from our angle, it didn't look like there was actually contact. Yeah. Or if there was, it was pretty minimal. Like, I can understand the ref at the other end of the box would see that, be like, oh, and he barrels him over. But it really didn't look that way. Um, and Radunovic of Bucharest puts it in. Um, and that looks like it's going to be it, doesn't it? Looks like the drama has reached its apex in this game. But, <laughs> there, wait, there's more? There's more! Much like what we were just fucking talking about the, the, uh, in, the, in the other game where uh, uh, they almost score at the other end immediately. Yeah, Zrinski almost has the header that goes over, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, again, right after kickoff, in, another, in the mirror image, Viking lump the ball forward, somehow falls in front of a Viking player. I think it was Kevin Cabron, but forgive me if I'm wrong. I'll, for, um, I'll forgive you if you make that I mistake. I don't really That's know okay. any of the Viking players by heart, so I just sort of tried to guess from the lineup who it was. Um, and, you know, it's sliding slightly to the cutie, slightly to the right, to his right of the goal, uh, and it falls to him. And if he puts it in on target, it's no guarantee that it goes in. The goalkeeper will have a chance to save it. But, oh, man, <laughs> was that a good chance? A crazy chance to have right after the kickoff. And he puts it over and they oh. lose. That was literally the last kick of the game. That's so sad. Heartbreak for that guy, and for Viking, who probably were robbed of uh, another. I'm sorry. I'm saying extra time. This wasn't even extra time. This was regulation time, wasn't it? Yeah. End of regulation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't even extra time, but in the image of what the Zrinsky Ludogorets extra time was. And uh, by Zrinsky, you mean Zalgiris? By but... Zrinsky, I mean Zalgiris. Um, I've been saying Drinsky this whole time, yeah. and Drinsky is coming up. I am getting heat stroke in you my room. You're getting your Z's confused. To anyway, it happens. that was fucking crazy, right? 
so crazy. <laughs> Just the craziest hey. thing I've ever seen. Hey, hey okay. <laughs> Let's move on before I pass out. All right, uh, Molda and Wolfsburger, our last game from this time slot. We talked about how Wolfsburger don't exactly play in a fortress, you know, not having the best home results so far. They're losers. Uh, well, they were today. 4 nothing. Molda come in and just kind of smacked them around, gave them the just front hand, the backhand, and then the front hand again. <laughs> I guess one more backhand to make it four. Why not make it even? Yeah. Uh, Wolfsburger, honestly, competitive-wise, more in this tie than in the first one where they won. They were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't give up 18 shots on target this time. No, but Molda were actually clinical today and managed mm-hmm. to get four past them. I, I mean, Molda definitely deserved to go through. They were far superior today and in both legs overall. So we'll see them in the group stages, and we will not be seeing Wolfsburger anymore. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Wolfsburger are also 12th in the Austrian League right now they have two points from their first five games they've allowed 12 goals which is joint highest in the league their offense is fine they've scored six though yeesh yeah bad which is Uh, only fourth bottom yeesh uh so uh two o'clock window anderlecht defeats young boys on pens uh 3-1 the aggregate was 1-1 the result on the day nil one um a lot of numbers um, More numbers than things that happened in the game, right? Yeah, probably true. Uh, we I think we summed this up on Wednesday before ahead of time, the, which was that these teams are really solid in the back right now. They don't score a ton. I mean, they're scoring in the league, but you had you you had to think that this was going to be a low scoring affair. Anderlecht got the clean sheet in Switzerland. Young Boys gets the que- clean sheet uh, in Belgium. Young Boys continue their fine defensive effort of the year, but it wasn't enough. Uh, they barely created shit. Uh, and they lost on pens. They only hit, only finished one of their, converted one of them, which is not good. Um, so rough bad fall. penalty shootout. Rough fall from them after last year Indeed. when they were in the Champions League group and they got Meeting a result United. against United. And yeah. Now they're going out before the Conference League groups. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-mm. They don't get any group stage this year. Wow. But if they continue that league form, we'll see them next year, yeah. I yeah. imagine. Uh, Balkani. Beach Goopy, three uh, one on aggregate, one 0 on the day. Thanks to a pretty early red card. Am I right? Yes, yes. Goopy had a red card in the first half. And wait, wait, it was like really early though, wasn't it? Uh, let me double check the exact minute because I should have it available. Over but you here. don't because you're bad Somewhere. at your job. Oh my gosh, relax. Uh, it was yeah, very early. Second minute. Second minute. Fucking knew it. <laughs> so that gave Balkani a bit of a leg up. What did we time. say very first week of this podcast? About how to uh, how to avoid losing in these tournaments. Silly red, silly cards. fucking red cards. That's <laughs> comes back to by Scoopy. More than once today, has that been a problem? Yeah, and they were disappointing in the first leg, uh, losing at home to Balkani in a tie that they were pretty heavily favored, and second leg never even gave themselves a chance. Never did. So let's not give them any more. Any more airtime. Because we've given them too much already. They disappointed me. Oh, but it's a big day for Balkani, right? Yeah, big day for Balkani. They're the first Kosovan team to qualify for a European group stage. Woo! Yay, Kosovo! I don't know any of the geopolitical ramifications of supporting Kosovo, but... Uh, It feels good to be a a young country. Yeah. Uh, Just, like, in their their golden tween years. Must be, yeah. Rewarding day for Balkani and their fans. Congratulations. 
Uh, Who knows where Kosovan football can go from here? I, I mean, don't. I don't there, know. There is no ceiling. There is no ceiling. Um, uh, Hammerin actually got a result today against Partisan, 3-3, but th- of course lost 7-4 in the tie. But hey, hey good for them. Hey, this Malta. was, I believe, the farthest a Maltese team has ever been already. So getting to this point, great for Hammerin. And to pull a draw against a team like Partizan, who are routinely in group stages, are always dominating and winning the Serbian League, or at least up in that top elite tier of teams in the Serbian League, really good performance from them. They even outshot and possessed Partizan in the game. So they did. statistically, they'll be very happy. It's something good the fans got to see this, and you yeah. know you can take this and hopefully this is a great result. Yeah, chance for Maltese football to push on a little bit from here. Maybe get another team back in the playoffs next year. We'll see. Kudos to them. The Maltese Falcons will fly again. Uh, nice defeated Tel Aviv in extra time in France. Nice. 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 Uh, after losing in Tel Aviv last week. Uh, nice? Yeah, they were okay. Yeah? Yeah. I, nice How were nice? definitely the better team today. They put a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure on Tel Aviv. But Tel Aviv's credit, they withstood most of it. Uh Nice, at times, looked like they were just kind of attacking almost randomly. They didn't really seem to have a super structured attack. They did score in the first half. It was Cloud Maurice in the 25th minute who scored to equal the tie. And then we had to go all the way to extra time when those French butts were definitely getting clenched. Those assholes were tight. They were so tight. I don't know why you had to call the French assholves, but... I mean, you just uh, did off can off off uh, mic. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm not a huge fan of the French as a people. I don't know. Is that yeah? Those ethnic? those sphincters were fucking glued together. They were together. glued together, especially after the Guiri. I probably butchered that pronunciation. I should know how to pronounce Guiri. Guiri. I've I seen know. him play. I've heard broadcasters say it many times. I still can't do it. Well, who's the I asshole don't, I don't, now? Because I don't respect. <laughs> no, he's probably a great guy. Uh, but wasn't a great guy today because he got a red card in the 100th minute. And from that moment on, Tel Aviv created a decent amount. They started pushing forward a little bit, uh, putting a little pressure on the Nice goal, and looking like, hey, maybe they could steal this one. It got even worse for Nice when Tehran pulled up and had to be subbed out. So they brought on Becca Becca, who is much more defensive than Tehran. But it was a mastermind stroke there. He... He scored an absolute worldie, curling it into the literal top right corner. I think it hits like it hit the right post behind and the bar. I think. Yeah, it it was a beautiful shot. You need to go watch it if you haven't seen it. And I put Nice ahead, and they stayed up there and won sure did. two nothing on the day. It just about pulled it off, didn't yes. they? Not convincingly so. I'm still not sold on the Lucien Favre experience at Nice. It's still early, but. Um, they kind of had to win this game, I think. Uh, I'm curious to watch them in the group, see if it, they get better. They're also, um, apparently, Pepe is signing that'll for help. them. So that will help them in the group stage. We'll see how he meshes in Arsenal's there. 70 million, mm. man. Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it was deserved, but just about barely. Just about, about barely. barely. Um, so shifted to the 230 uh, set of games. Diddlers, 1-1-1. One, one, Lech Poznan, Poznan winning 3-1 on aggregate. Diddlers diddled, um, and they got a goal, yeah, and they, they did better today. They diddled only once, though. They did better today, but couldn't compete it. No more diddlers, sad. 
Yeah. Uh, but a good result. Unless, a good result to go out. No more diddlers, but unless you're in Cyprus. In which case, Sarfo is still playing somehow. In, in which case, diddlers. Yeah. Uh, Bratislava, 2-1. Zrinski, not Zalgiris. Uh, Bratislava wins 6-5 on penalties after the... After the Man, I'm going to do that whole thing over again. It's just so confusing. <laughs> so it's so hard to do somebody's scorelines. Bratislava defeats Zrinski 6-5 on penalties. 2-2 on aggregate. 2-1 on the day. Well, this one was a tense affair. This was so Gosh, close Gosh darn, were Zrinski so close. Gee so whiz, close. were they Gee close. Willikers. Uh, Sloven Bratislava have been really unimpressive this whole qualifying season, and Zrinski put that on I thought display. they were okay against Olympiacos. I guess you're right. They were decent against Olympiacos. They had a good two-leg display. Yeah, definitely didn't look great in either of these legs. Trinsky uh, were very good. They matched the home side in terms of attempts and chances and pretty close on XG as well. But Igor Savic scored in the 103rd minute, and it looked like Trinsky might seal the upset, the equal, the upset against Bratislava. But Eric Ramirez, was that his first name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolute oh, absolute gut wrencher. Beautiful goal, though. They gave a really competent performance today, Zrinski. Um, they matched Bratislava's attempts on target. Um, uh, Bratislava, remember, only had, like, one shot last week. Um, so that means they outshot him throughout the tie and outshot and outperformed them on, on, on good chances. Um, yeah, it looked like that... Igor Savic's 130-minute goal in extra time was going to complete the upset, but the Ramirez goal, probably, probably the last chance they'd got have gotten um, in the game. So unfortunate for the Croatians. But it is a beautiful goal. He, It's played off another player's chest, and then he scissors it in, which that sounded a little inappropriate. <laughs> but go watch that goal as well. Two really beautiful goals to win games, definitely... Worth checking out the highlights from this week, yeah. At the very least, a little fortunate to get through for Bratislava. Yeah. Uh, two forty-five. We had Linfield and RFS kicking off. <sighs> Talk about brutal. What happens here? Linfield goes out on pens. RFS winning those four-two, three-three on aggregate, one-one on the day. Yeah. Remember last week, Linfield was up two-nil. And blew a t- the two goal lead in the last couple of minutes, uh, and you know they sure looked better team for most of today too, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they definitely looked better. They might need to think about changing the team name after this performance. Maybe instead of Linfield, <laughs> the Belfast Bottlers, <laughs> something like that would be a bit more apt for them. Because they bottled it. Because they bottled yeah, it. Yeah, I got, they pulled I got a, it. I got you. They pulled a Tottenham. I got you. Oh. <laughs> Interesting, and maybe maybe when Spurs fuck up now, it should be called they. Oh, it's Linfield. very Linfieldsy. Yeah, Spursy, Linfieldsy, synonym. Uh, Linfield, they did come out and play kind of like we thought they would. They were very stout defensively for about 118 minutes. Uh, could not find a goal. Very very wasteful in front of goal. They had a lot of good chances throughout the entire game, the regular time and the extra time. But eventually, McLean found. A bit of space in the 104th minute and managed to put Linfield ahead. And with the amount that RFS had created, you thought there's no way they can score in this tie. This is over. Broadcasters were already talking about potential group stage matchups and how big a deal this was for Northern Ireland to go through. 
potential places for the manager to maybe look in Scotland or England the for Wikipedia his next page. job. The Wikipedia group stage page got updated <laughs> with Linfield being included uh, in the Conference no. League group stage. Everyone thought, this is over. Oh, no. And RFS, they're pushing a few people forward. Linfield are counterattacking, and they get a three-on-one counterattack, but said, we're not going to take it to the corner. We're going to put the game away right here. We're going to end it. All except they didn't. They bottled it. Yeah, it was a terrible it. attempt on goal. Weak, right back to the goalkeeper. Didn't challenge him at all. Passed it right to him. Yeah. And Crazy. RFS go right back up the other side of the field. They get the ball into the box, and Jimmy Calicker had a little bit of trouble clearing the ball. It ricochets off of him, and it bounces on the underside of the crossbar and just barely just over barely. the line. It wasn't called a goal originally. The referee didn't think it crossed the line, but he looked over to his linesman who confirmed that. It was the right it call, had, too. We saw a replay was. that confirmed that, but just barely. Just, like a couple inches. Just, yeah. And so that's tied it up. It sent it to penalties. The You could tell at that point. The entire crowd. You kind of knew Linfield was not going to win that shootout. Because um, how can you how can you respond after that? that? They missed their first two. Yeah. The And if the goal itself didn't suck anything out of that team the yeah. first two penalties were Yeesh. just yeah. awful really easy save on the first one for the rfs goalie and then linfield just shoots the second one wide i do think uh rfs scored their first two but their third looked like it might be saveable uh Maris was the rfs taker comes up he hits a relatively weak penalty over to the right uh, his right side goalie's left Goalie dives. He gets his hands on the ball, and it just isn't enough. It just trickles past over the line, the way RFS kind of trickled out of this tie into the group stages. And we'll see them Poetry. in the group stage. We will not see Linfield in the group stage. Northern Ireland will have to give it a go next year as well. Mm. This one, usually we'd just be congratulating the team on getting this far if they hadn't been to the group stages, but this feels it's really brutal. Did they ever blow it? Yeah. Uh, it's probably their... Uh... It's probably the uh, world uh, punishing them for that away kit that was offensive. Oh, yeah, the UBF from a kit from ago. a few years ago? Yeah. 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 Is this God implying that Catholicism is the right choice for Protestantism? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking I'm not questions. the one to tell. Oh, well, well, we explain Rangers then. Uh, you know, God's conflicted. <laughs> Antwerp, 1-3, Bashak Shahir, Bashak Shahir, 4-2 on aggregate. They advance. Yeah, Erdogan's team put in a good performance. Erdo FC? Erdo FC. <laughs> uh, they, it never looked like Antwerp were going to win this game. Bashik here were definitely the better team throughout it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Antwerp didn't look like a league leader in this Poor game. Poor Toby Aldevereld. Yeah. He will not be playing European group stage football. Poor Toby. I was rooting for you, Toby. Uh, I have nothing to say about this. Yeah. Should we move on then to the last set of games, the 3 o'clock kickoffs? Indeed. All right, so the first one we had was Azed Alkmar, who came in with a really commanding 4-0 lead over Gil Vicente, and they won on the day 2-1 in Portugal. So uh, my notes from here are that Azed are good and Gil Vicente are not. Nice. Next. There we go. <laughs> uh, Hadjik Split were up 4-2. Uh, they were not up 4-2. They were down 2-4 <laughs> against Villarreal. We said if 
Hedrick Split could score first. This could get spicy. And they were really pushing Villarreal in the first half. They had a few good chances. They were looking like maybe they would score first. And then Villarreal scored and it was over. Villarreal are really good. They are good. Yeah. I think they could finish top four this year. I think they could finish top four. I think they could win the conference league. Yeah. I think we were robbed of a spicier game today, though. Yes. Uh, And now, to close off the round of fixtures and to end the the, uh, the qualifying stages... Vaduz defeating Rapid Vienna in Austria. 1-0 on the day, 2-1 on aggregate. What did I fucking say? I knew it. You said Vaduz were your upset pick I knew and it. you nailed it. I knew it. They never disappoint. They're at it again. They scored in the 22nd minute. And then uh, Rapid's Kevin Vimmer got a straight red uh, a little bit later in the first half. Completely buried the Austrian side. And what did we say? What did we say? We said stupid reds. Stupid reds. Stupid reds. They kill European teams. Uh, we can talk maybe a little bit in a second about what a terrible result this is for Rapid yeah. and the Austrian uh, clubs in general. But why don't we celebrate first a team in the second Swiss division? Second Swiss. They're not even the first division. You know what's crazier? Not the first division. This isn't the first time a team from the Swiss second division has been in a European group stage. Is that so? Zurich qualified directly as Swiss Cup winners the same year they got relegated. And played in the 2016 group stage well in the second tier of Switzerland. Well, what the fuck? I know. So, <laughs> apparently, if you want to get to Europe... That feels different, the, though. It is different. This because is a that's much a giant deal. in the country. Yes. And Vaduz has been in the second division for years and can't get out of it. Yeah, very different. Vaduz also had to go through many rounds of qualifying yes, they did. to get there and beat some good teams along the way. Yeah, who did they beat last week? They beat Konyaspor. They beat they, they went to Turkey and beat Konyaspor. Now they Hammered them. to Austria and beat Rapid Vienna. Crazy. Like, these are two uh, much bigger clubs. This is the first time a Liechtensteinian club has been in a European. It group is, yeah. <laughs> Another one, Liechtenstein. I do wonder um, what would happen theoretically if Liechtenstein's coefficient got high enough that they were supposed to have two teams. Oh, like would the other finals qualifier would you wave just say no, no, no? This is a special. That'd be crazy exemption. Like that'd be crazy. I want to see it happen. It's now. totally. I cannot fathom. I just truly cannot fathom how they like aren't. So easily the best team getting promoted in the second division if they're... Well, maybe maybe it's just a special team, you know? Maybe it's just this is the team that's going to get them promoted. Um, because it's totally unbelievable. And the most remarkable thing to me is that they fully, fully, fully deserved it. Oh, David's just showing me now that they're actually started their league season. Second bottom. Uh, three losses, two draws in their first five fixtures. I guess they're throwing everything at Europe. Yeah. Because that's pretty fucking remarkable. I doubt anybody else in that second division ahead of them would be competing with these teams. And going to the Conference League group stage, incredible result for them. And they deserved it. They outplayed all these teams. They um, definitely did. And that's honestly the most shocking thing is they didn't sit back. They didn't try to smash and they grab look it. Like they went they out. Belonged. They, they look like a champion they look like of a, a European small European team. country. Yeah. yeah, incredible. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up for all our... Uh, game breakdown should we do some quick takeaways before we get out of here yeah i think my big takeaways that penalties are really stressful stressful they are very stressful this was a stressful day to be watching some european football it was a lot of games going to the end i think it shows the quality of the qualifying and the similar level that a lot of these teams are at what really annoyed me today was uh when we were robbed of the stressful penalty shootouts because of like sketchy or not like penalty calls that could have not been called yes like right before we were going to penalties or extra time like fucking bullshit don't do that to me 
Uh, do you have any? Was there anything that really surprised Badoos. you? Dudes? I mean, you weren't that surprised. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Them, but I wasn't. I don't know what else to say today, though. I mean, they're just overwhelming. The yeah, they're the just sweeping the, the categories. Yeah, they're sweeping the categories. Uh, any team you're most impressed Badoos. by? Badoos. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that as well. I'm gonna throw Villarreal out there. Pretty good performance over two legs against a really solid Hedrick split team. This is more just a general thing too. They've looked great in the league as well. They have. They're probably my early favorite. For the Conference League. Mm-hmm. How uh, about teams you weren't at all impressed by? I thought Sivaspor were... You didn't like Sivaspor. ...pretty dire over both legs. I just... I understand that they're not a top Turkish team and that they are a mid-table team, but I still expected a little more from them, at least to show some... You never know with the Turkish Nama. League, man. You never know That's with the our Turkish big thing. Either. That's our big saying. Yeah. What about you? Who least... Uh, Rapid has to be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a huge upset. They... He really shot the bed. Uh, Fiorentina, I thought, despite going through, were <laughs> concerned me. Um, first, like, looking bad, but then also not being able to see a tie through like that is how you get yourself unceremoniously knocked out of these competitions. So they'll have to shape up, especially that their league form's been bad, too. Yeah. Um, Fiorentina did have some fans that did not impress me as well today. A couple, <laughs> couple flares got thrown into the home support so not a good look for the tuscan side but uh who fucking won the day baby country I mean, was the obvious choices are Liechtenstein and kosovo who qualified teams to the group stage for the first time ever in their rah, rah. league's history uh czechia also i want to nominate them a little bit won both their games and i know slavia weren't super impressive in doing so but they still did turn around a first leg defeat and Slovakia, I thought, over both legs, really impressive the way they handled AIK. Sweet. Uh, what country lost today? Serious, of strong opinions on <laughs> that. Uh, I think Denmark could be in the conversation for a country that lost the day. Silkborg went out to HJK, which is pretty embarrassing. And then Fiborg were playing West Ham, so you want to give them a bit of a pass because a Danish team going up against a team from a big four league is not going to end very well typically but they i don't know i just uh didn't think they were as impressive as they could have been at least scoreline wise you would have hoped for a little better of a scoreline at home but we're down to just the one uh danish team in our europa and conference league coverage which is michelin um copenhagen meanwhile made the Champions League, so kudos to them for that, yeah. but we don't, we don't talk about that here. No, Champions League is overrated. It's bullshit. It's boring. It's bullshit. Um, uh, yeah. I think Austria was pretty horrible today. I think that's probably the pretty clear answer. Yeah. Rapid bowed out to Vaduz pretty terribly, obviously. Austria, Vienna got hammered again, although they will play in the Conference League at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wolfsburger as well, shitting the bed at home, even though they were supposed to lose that tie. But So... In this round, we have two Austrian teams, one of which was heavily favored, going out completely from European competition, and Austria, who was, to be fair, not favored, probably, against Fenerbahce, really putting in bad showings um, and dropping the cha- the conference league. Um, I also think you have to throw Northern Ireland into the mix, just because they were just seconds from their first you know group stage appearance, and the manner of that was... Really sad for them. Um, I want to add two quick sections here before we wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, uh, best fan, most impressive fans today. 
I think Ooh, Zurich. Zurich's away support away was sport incredible. Was incredible, yeah. That whole the stadium atmosphere in that game, especially in the first half, got a little dead after the red card because the Hearts fans kind of seemed to give up a little bit. Yep. But in the first half, the whole stadium atmosphere was great because the Zurich fans brought a lot to it, and there were so many of them. Mm-hmm. The Zurich fans, they had flags all over the place. Yeah. Very impressive. And uh, favorite kit of the day. Uh, I was quite fond of Cologne's kit. I know you were. Um, they had a nice red and white strap, kind of classic uh, uh, kit going on. Uh, and then they had really nice red striped uh, like hoop socks as well hmm. that pleased me. Nice. Plus, you they are, have one of my favorite logos in the tournament. Yeah. You are the kit guy. I'm the so. kit guy. So you'll defer to me? Yes. Well, shit. An we've just about done it. We've been recording for over an hour. We've just about covered everything in our in the last of the qualifying rounds. Do you wow. have any 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 takes to wrap us up here? Yeah, I guess uh, just the way we gave a little preview of some of the potential pots for the Europa League teams. Probably do the same for the Conference League Good teams. Good point. Uh, not as fully flush a uh, pot draw. Not all the teams are huge winners, but I do want to point out, Cone and Fiorentina are sitting in pot two. Very so we could get a bit of a spicy group if one of those two teams gets drawn with a bigger pot one team, and Nice and Anderlecht and a couple of the bigger teams sitting in pot three. So definitely a chance to get some really spicy groups where teams that would be favorites and maybe even make a deeper run in the tournament. Hearts in pot three. Hearts in pot three. I'm surprised that they even have a coefficient, to be honest. But hmm. yeah, uh, pot four. How was Vaduz in part, pot three? <laughs> so they win in qualifiers sometimes, I guess. All these uh, is just like past qualifier results, oh, right? Because they're not playing in group stages. Interesting. Uh, I think, you know, pot four doesn't have a ton of great teams in it, but Jur Gardens have looked pretty good some days. Silkeborg are decent. Uh, Jur Gardens, you said just now. Yep. Dnipro are okay. Dnipro wants to get playing again. Yeah. You know, they could probably cause some trouble. I think there are some teams that can give a game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything from nothing from pot three onwards is an easy game. I don't think yeah, for most is, teams. It's also shocking the how far ahead Villarreal is from the rest of this tournament. Oh yeah, because they won of the because of their Europa League, League and the Champions League, League semifinals. Yeah, yeah, they're more than twenty points clear of Basel, who are the second highest wild coefficient team. So Villarreal definitely one of the heavy favorites coming in here, along with the other big four teams as well. Is there anyone? these group stages now that we know who are going to be in them that you want to kind of put a little money behind maybe a little feeler out for for sure yeah uh i think have to be favorites in the conference league after their last two european campaigns obviously west ham uh, arguably have the strongest team on paper um just player for player uh i'm not sold on fiorentina or cologne but you know they have to be considered same with nice i think if we want a sleeper uh, Alkmaar. That's exactly what I was going to say as Really well. good sleeper candidate. If you want to pick someone to go the distance this year who isn't one of the like big four or five leagues. Um, and, you know, if you really want a long shot odds, if you want Leicester City 2016 title odds, 5,000 to 1, pick Vaduz. They can't lose in they this tournament. They can't lose. It's, it's impossible. They're going all the way. Take them all the way. That's going to wrap it us wrap it up for us today at any given Thursday. We finished the qualifying rounds. Oof. Next week, look out for two episode drops from us. One, Club Spotlight number two, Heart of Midlothian, from our, David, our own David Bloomquist. 
Um, and then on Friday, uh, we're gonna drop a, uh, a reaction pod to uh, the Europa and the Conference League group draws. And by reaction, you mean kind of previewing the groups, right? Yeah. 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 We'll pre- and we'll preview the a week after that. We'll preview the fixture list as we do as normally. We do normally. But here we're just gonna like we're gonna have some takes about like. What Central. groups are spicy, what groups are less exciting, good matchups to look forward to, that sort of thing. Um, so look out for that. Thanks for listening as always. And, David? Cheers to the gaffer. There you go.